Hey, you're listening to the She Did That podcast, where we highlight women of color who embody leadership, empowerment, and commitment to their community through entrepreneurship and social action. Here's where ferocity, fun, and facts all live in harmony. So stay tuned because again, you're listening to the She Did That podcast. Okay. Welcome back to She Did That. I am Nakai Fondin, the hostess with the mostess of this dear podcast. And with me today, I have Amal and Ziki from Sisterhood Boutique. Welcome to the She Did That family. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy to have you on. You guys are doing amazing things and I'm so happy that you could join us. And I just really want to start off with you telling our audience just a little bit about yourselves. Um, you can do it individually and then talk about how you met, whoever wants to take over. Yeah, yeah. Can I go? Yeah, I can go. So my name is Amal. I am one of the co-founders of Sister Boutique. I'm also a master's student. Um, I'm starting my master's actually at Rugger University this fall, um, studying um, city and regional planning. So I'll be moving to the East Coast which will be quite different um yeah and i'm very interested in like community activism very much interested in building um community equity which is why the whole reasoning why we put together sisterhood um yeah do you want to yeah uh my name is Diki adam i am one of the co-founders here at sisterhood boutique i'm currently in school enrolled in youth studies um sisterhood definitely influenced in the career and the future that i was going to kind of lead into i went to um school doing two years in nursing and did a whole one year in psychology kind of went back and forth still um being here at sisterhood so we've been here since we were 16 years yeah. old, started this organization. And like we're 20, 23, 23, yeah. yeah. So we've known each other um, since for middle school. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we've known each other since middle school and kind of later on went to high school together as well and co founded the Sisterhood Boutique just as an opportunity, you know, for us growing up in East African community, Cedar Riverside here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Just wanted um, an opportunity for ourselves and for the many young women that lived here. So we've known each other for more than a decade. Yeah, wow, I feel really <laughs> old. But, uh, yeah, it has been that long. And Zeki has been here, part of the Sister Boutique team. Since I would say like the longest. The longest. Yeah. Um, I, when I went to college, I worked here, but then I was also pursuing something different, which was, um, I majored in journalism and um, political science. So a lot of my internships and jobs were mostly in government um, or lobbying firms and then I came back the my senior year in college because yeah. I knew like I've always even though I've always haven't always worked in sisterhood I've always been part of sisterhood um, we do like yearly um, like fashion shows so I've always came back for that mm -hmm. um, but yeah so now I'm actually again leaving <laughs> for grad school um, which is kind of sad. Um, this is my last week, but I'm always going to come back. I'm always going to be part Definitely. of like Sisterhood um, and be part of their advisory board. Um, yeah, so we can go into like talking about how Sisterhood was founded, if that's okay. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
like Zeki said, um, it all started when we were 16. Um, and, you know, we grew up in the Sea Riverside community, which is predominantly East African, um, you know, immigrant. We were like first generation um, college students, first generation immigrants from um, East Africa. And what we realized was a lot of our, um, the, like a lot of opportunities didn't really apply to like young women. Um, we would always go to our like community center, but it was always like male dominated, mm -hmm. um, young boy dominated. I feel like community center a lot focused on doing after school activities for guys. Um, there was also like religious kind of like, you know, restrictions sometimes where, you know, like because of our culture and religious background, like a lot of times it's almost like segregated, especially even when you're young. So we're like, okay, we want a space where, like, it's for girls. We want a space where we can, like, thrive in, a space where we can make money. Like, how can we create this space, right? So there was a lot of initial research on, like, type of, like, after-school program we wanted to do, right? And then some of us were like, wait, like, why don't we actually make actual business out of this? Um, and we're like, okay, like, what are some ideas? Ideas start popping out. One of them was, hey, why don't we do like a store, a boutique? Because that way we can hire youth, we can hire interns at the same time. We could also practice sustainability because we noticed that a lot of like community members were uh, throwing away clothes. So we're like, hey, let's do thrift store, right? Let's take these clothes they don't mm -hmm. want. We sell it really cheap in the community so that, you know, community members who might not be financially well off can buy the clothes, have access to it, and also train young girls um, to work in the store, to make money. And we knew that one of the biggest job market out there is customer service, right? Especially 16 years old, no one's gonna hire you an office job. Most of the time it's like working at JCPenney, Macy's, et cetera. So initially when that started, um, we had help with community members, um, and organizations like Augsburg University, Sisterhood, uh, <laughs> University, University of Minnesota, Minnesota, the Sundance Foundation, which are like um, estate foundations and um, universities here, and then also Pillsbury United Communities. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that took about about a year putting together that plan. It took, yeah, it took yeah. about, I think a year and a half. Um, that whole, around the time, I think that was like 2012, yeah. when everything was coming mm -hmm. together. And officially we had, um, we opened our first store around like one block from where we are located right in now. A closet and size. It was like a one room yeah. closet space. And imagine having like five racks in there, yeah. just like stored together. And then with like our, as many youth that we could yeah. have um, in training there. And then eventually with the help of, again, our community yeah. partners and big um, organizations that are around the Cedar Riverside community, um, we were fortunate enough to actually get the space that we are in right now for free. Mm -hmm. um, thanks to Health Partners president, as yeah. well as Augsburg University's president, actually really supporting yeah. our business and our idea yeah. knowing that this is a great program that will definitely have a huge impact on the community as well as the young women that live here so we were really fortunate enough to be still here yeah. now like going on seven years or six um, yeah about seven now. seven yeah <laughs> yeah so 
so we our plan is or um, we have cohorts in sisterhood um it's a six month paid internship we have new cohort every every couple of um, i would say it's divided by summer internship and then the school year internship mm-hmm. um and what we do is they one aspect of it is they work in the store they learn about customer service um they learn about how to do like um so like social media campaigns they learn about like advertising marketing they um have like hands-on experience while working in the store um and then the the second aspect of it is our financial literacy um or mentorship programming or um college readiness programming where they go to like colleges that we have partnership with um and do college touring um and then also they get scholarship from Augsburg university if they have worked here um so that's yeah so it's like um zaki it's more mostly manages the youth, the youth aspect, aspect of it and so i, I can talk a little bit more plan. as yeah. well about the youth aspect yeah. so i do run i am the uh program specialist here mm-hmm. so running the youth aspect of what we do here we have um couple we have about three youth programming that we do our summer we can definitely start off since we just ended yeah. our summer internship this like last week actually yeah. uh so our summer is actually our biggest um internship that we run we partner with the twin cities step up program throughout minneapolis so hosting about 16 to 20 interns to physically be in our space learning more about so the curriculum kind of bases on um again financial literacy customer service as well as um learning more about that whole mentorship so that peer-to-peer mentorship and then it kind of ranges to um allowing our youth to actually go into the boundary water so learning more about nature learning more about that independency work mm-hmm. as well as working with Augsburg University again doing the our um, scrubs. scrubs camp so yeah. youth have the opportunity to learn more about science and the medical field so that's kind of what we do in the summer and then throughout the fall we have two other programs that kind of focuses on the age range being for high schoolers who are still in high school mm-hmm. and then which we call that our WIOA program and then our youth at work is another one um, where we um, give opportunities to young women who graduated high school but are taking that gap year. So focusing more on giving them certificate in uh, customer service and merchandising. So they learn more about um, just that professional environment as well as um, applying for colleges and and getting more opportunities in that end. So those are like our total three um, that we do that focuses on youth, but we do have other opportunities where we work with um, universities. So U of M, um, St. Kate University, as well as Augsburg University where we do host college internship here in the space yeah. and then our volunteering opportunities as well. So we are definitely busy throughout the yeah. whole year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's mostly Zek and I who are in charge. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, not, not anymore, <laughs> but um, we actually have one of our interns that has been with us for a while now who will take somewhat like my position mm-hmm. as well because we believe in leader to ladder ladder to leadership which means that if we see youth that really want to stay here we'll do whatever we can to make them grow as a person and this is a lot of in the beginning this was kind of almost like a stepping stone for whatever career they pursue a place where they can thrive and get employment mm-hmm. they feel confident in they feel um like inclusive and 
um, and we help them build a confidence, um, how to like, um, like how to work in different like work cultures and things like that. And then whatever other, you know, interests they want to pursue, we help them connect with because we're part of Pillsbury United Communities and they're one of the largest um, youth um, foundations here. So they have networks and we have that network and resources. So we always try to like use whatever resource we have, even for our former um, interns. And yeah, and then we also, so another aspect, another thing that we have is the Sisterhood Fashion Show, which is mm -hmm. like huge. Um, you know, we were on, you know, Fox News a couple of times. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's a great opportunity because this kind of like brings together the community members. They can volunteer. The girls um, partner up with um, St. Catherine's Design Class where they actually create original items, reconstructive items, because one of our biggest um, mission statement is sustainability. Um, we practice sustainable fashion. Um, even the clothes that we, that, get, that gets donated here that we don't take, we redonate. So nothing's ever thrown away. Um, so the youth learn about like how like this affects like env the environment and the fashion show is a huge part where they can create items. They learn other like um, they learn other um, skills. We have partnership with Augsburg again, which is literally across from us. Um, so we definitely do a lot of work with Augsburg. As you can see, the yeah, background here. They're the ones who did that. Definitely. We went through yeah. rebranding, uh, I think, last year. Yeah. So they were actually the first group that helped us in early 2012 and with 14. With our first marketing. With our, yeah, yeah, with our first uh, logos. And then yeah. they helped us two years ago again, kind of just coming up with all these new brands. So this will, this is definitely now our um, logo so using a lot of colors and yeah. textures kind of representing like sisterhood yeah. with like diversity mm -hmm. knowing that this is a program for east african girls but we're definitely more than um open open so our doors are open yeah. to any women who do need the res uh, resource as well as the help mm -hmm. we so, have had um interns that weren't part of that community but still wanted to be part of sisterhood so we always try to find a way they can um participate be involved in because our model all our um, philosophy is to help as much young girls as possible and the reason why we focused on east african is because we're from that culture and there wasn't any at that moment anyway when it was started there wasn't an existing organization dedicated to that young women from that community so we thought hey like let's start something by the youth, for the youth kind of thing. And um, actually, yeah. like, it turns out that we were actually the first um, youth pro programming that was for East African, by East African, within the, like, our community, within the Cedar Riverside community. Yeah. So we were actually the first organization. Yeah. yeah. History. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of sad, but because the East African community has been here for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother came in the 1980s. So it's kind of sad that it took until 2016 15. to 13, around that time, to establish something for the youth. Um, but yeah, history regardless. <laughs> yes, and you guys should be so proud of that because that's a yeah. feat. And you're, you, you're doing such great work. And like when I was talking to you, Amal, like when you said, I just saw a need and I went for it. Like <laughs> that was really the cause. And, I just love that energy and I, 
I'm really happy that universities and foundations are really rallying again, well, not against you, uh, with you to make sure that this flourishes and that your community sustains itself and thrives. So I'm really happy about that. And to kind of talk about that process, because you did say that you kind of started in about 2012, 2013, and it took about a year and a half or so for you to get it on the, like getting it going, ready to go. How was that process? What was that process like as friends? What was that process like? Did you utilize any mentors? Definitely, yeah. I mean, again, we were 16 years old junior years in high school, we didn't know what entrepreneurship was. We didn't know what a nonprofit or just writing a business plan was. Yeah. Like, what, where is the step? Like, how do you start yeah. something like that? But with the fortunate help of uh, Pillsbury United Organ uh, Community, which is a large organization here in Minnesota, so they were our, actually our parent organization. So they were part of the Brian Coyle community, which is is the community center in yeah. Cedar Riverside, Minneapolis here. So our youth programming kind of came out of that community. Mm -hmm. So since we were part of the community, we were always going there mm -hmm. for, you know, for support and for all the needs that we had. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of started looking for like our me mentors, people that we could mm -hmm. definitely help us in creating this yeah. idea that we had in our head that we were thinking about. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just me and Amal, you know, from the beginning. It was so many other people. Definitely many young yeah. women that we went to the same school with yeah. that we grew up with within the community. You know, we used to come together mm -hmm. every Tuesday and kind of like just hash all of the like ideas or yeah. problems that we had. We talked yeah. about it yeah. and it got to the point where we said, okay, enough is enough. What can we do? What can we do about this, right? Let's create something that's positive, that's gonna be passed on down to all the young women that live in the community, even for the future. Mm -hmm. So kind of going into, so we had that idea. And then we were working with a, a, a staff member who's part of the community center who's, and who's also part yeah. of the, uh, this larger organization. Mm -hmm. And then that's where like all this idea kind of came together. Yeah, I would say it was a lot of contribution from community members, mm -hmm. from um, staff members that were part, part of Pillsbury that made the connection. Like we, um, we had a staff member who knew one of the um, faculties at Augsburg and then the Augsburg faculty got involved and she, uh, had us like, with to the, the president. The president yeah. got involved, and he connected with us with the Fairview, and then they gave us the space. So it was a lot of like moving, like parts, I would say. And there was a lot of lot of collabor collaborators. Um, and you know, in the end, though, like it means that he ended up kind of like running it late. And what? But with that being said, there's a lot of community members who are created what sisterhood is mm -hmm. um and you know their um contribution really impacted how successful sisterhood became um even the youth like i like was saying this is let it was created by youth and led by youth um even with this logo it's like 100 percent their feedback 100 everything we do it's like a community um has the community involved in so um, we might be, I guess, the face of it, but we're not the only ones who uh, made this. And, you know, we didn't know anything at all. 
Um, like Zeki said, we didn't know any business. We didn't have like, it was the first time creating a business plan. Um, we had to rewrite our business plan like 80, 100 times. Um, and yeah, but I would say there was a lot of errors and trials um, as we created Sisterhood. You know, there was a lot of moments of like, you know, conflict arise, but we dealt with and, um, you know, it's just, it's life, I guess. It's like the process. Um, we went through the process and I don't think anything was really easy, but mm -hmm. I think it was worth it. Of course, look at you, look at you now. Everything has come into fruition and you're probably hitting a nice rhythm and you're, I mean, 2020 is something, but- <laughs> Talk about that, we're just here. <laughs> right, like we'll just throw that away, but I'm so happy that you have conquered all of the battles that you have gone through. And that also kind of drives me to my next question is, what advice did you receive that whether it was good or bad that like you know kind of changed your perspective on things and why was it good or bad yeah um i, I, I know that's a that's a ball it's, yeah. that's, that's no, it's a good, good question um i would say when we first started sisterhood um there was a lot of um, miscommunication with um, community members, what they thought sisterhood was and where it was going. Um, you know, at first people were kind of, um, didn't understand why we were creating something only for girls, right? They were like, oh my God, this is like, why, you know, could be discriminatory. There's always that negative, setup, yeah. right? Negative. Mm -hmm. um, so some people advised us a lot. They were like, okay, instead of saying like, um, like sisterhood, why don't you just call it like a um, like all inclusive name, like community member, right? So some people try to like make us relook the vision that we had um, and try to make it more inclusive. But I think you know over time we realized the whole reason why we were creating sisterhood was because there was lack of opportunities for young girls. Um, so you know community members that were prominent did try to like divert us from creating only girl um, programming but i feel like that was mostly miscommunication um and there was the age thing right so we were only 16 15 16 i would say um and you know people were like wait there's no way you guys are running it there's no way like you don't like and you're still in high school you're still in diapers like you, you you're not gonna i know i know that was actually direct quotation but you know people are like this is not like how are you gonna run something when you have no experience mm -hmm. in it when you're still in high school um but you know I guess we proved them wrong that, um, you know, with the help of community of people who really wanted it, this vision to work. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot. And then there was also trust too, you know, um, anytime a business starts, um, you know, trust of like transparency. Um, and we try to keep, we try to be as transparent as possible about what we do and who we help. Um, every year we um, try to like, update the numbers of youth we help you know the grants that we use and things mm -hmm. like that um so you know there was advices especially in the beginning that i felt like you know had to do with or lack of experience i would say um and you know 
it wasn't like ill-intentioned advice, as I would say. It was just, um, I guess it was like a, a different perspective of like young women running something. Um, yeah, do you want to add on to it? Um, yeah, definitely. I think especially for me knowing that I've been here a little bit longer um, than them all. Mm -hmm. Something that I've learned or advice that I was like given from to my previous supervisor or boss that have been here, it's um, you learn about how nonprofit is politics. Yeah. Nonprofit. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> yeah. Nonprofit is a whole politic that just goes, just goes on. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, just to be able to even run the whole programming, right? Have our doors open. It all falls onto the grants that we apply, the money, the uh, the grants and foundation that we get qualified for. So I think just going through all those process, as well as, again, we are a parent with our larger organization, which there's they're the ones who kind of foresee some of the things that are happening within here, with financially, yeah. uh, especially. Yes, me and Amal are the ones who are in the ground working, we are the face of it, right? But um, technically, in some terms, we do have our- Financial dependency. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think just kind of being more aware, more cautious, I think that's yeah. kind of like one of the advices that I was given is that always like watch your back, you know, like- Yeah. And, and that to like fully like learn more about and know why I'm here. Like what is the reasons why I'm still here? It's been what, six years right now. Yeah. And I continue to be here is because of the young girls that go through our programming, right? Yeah. They're the ones who are walking into our door who don't have the resources, so we do. So I think kind of mm -hmm. for me to be able to love my job and love what I do every day I wake up mm -hmm. knowing that this is going to be yeah. the best day. Yeah. Sometimes it might not be, but knowing that I, I love this job. So it's kind of like, yeah. it definitely makes me want to just wake up every day to be here and support as many young girls that are part of this internship. And that's the goal. <laughs> that's goals right there. Okay. To wake up and love everything that you do and know who you're doing it for and like just have your why that's what so many people are searching for, that people just want to feel an ounce of that happiness yeah. for career. And I love that. Um, I, my next question is, why do you feel like it's important that young women um, either get involved with the nonprofit industry or have the courage to even start something of their own? Um. I would say a lot of nonprofits, especially like social nonprofit organizations are dedicated to helping marginalized communities, right? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of times the people who run these organizations are not from that community. And I felt like because based on that, a lot of things are overlooked, mm -hmm. um, you know, like Zeki was talking about the politicking that our nonprofit organizations have, you know, um, like how much money each organization get, how much money does the programming get. Um, these are impact, um, the, the, the impact they make are to the it youth. It kind of affects the youth, yeah, yeah. the individuals who are part of the program. Yeah. yeah, and the reason why we create Sisterhood 
is because we understand from cultural background, from cultural perspective, right? All the youth, most of the youth are from the same culture as us. So we understand a lot of things like, oh, why they cannot go, you know, camping overnight, like trips, because, you know, or Somali, East African moms are like, don't trust their children, their girls to be with people they don't know, right? Um, but a lot of nonprofit organizations don't, I would say, cannot understand it because they're not from that community, mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's really important youth and, you know, people of color that are like, are like need those grants that are depending on those organizations are the front runners. They're the ones who have like a voice in the table, you know what I mean? Because the decisions they make impacts the youth. If the youth are not the ones who have no say to the, where the money goes, you know, um, the program and they create, then I feel like it's kind of use, not the, useless, but it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not, it's not impactful. It's not like yeah. effective as much as it would be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I mean, I know like now there's a lot of talk about like diversity and inclusion, what that looks like. Um, but diversity does not mean you have one or two people in the HR department or one or two people in your um, organization. But then 100% of the organization's work is for POCs, but POCs don't say anything, don't have any say to that. Like, I feel like there's something wrong with that system um, and need to be reevaluated and have actual POCs represented in those organizations, especially nonprofit organizations, because I also read someplace where they said nonprofit organizations um, who have the most fundings are led by white people, um, which says a lot because um, in, in versus nonprofit organizations led by POCs. I think so, even like being specific about, yeah, definitely POCs, but as well as individuals who are from that community. In, yeah, yeah. Like knowing that they're the ones who are in the ground knowing what's happening, right? Yeah. They're, as well as getting affected by either the lack of resources or mm -hmm. opportunities are, that's given to them. So I think just being able to involve and, and allowing those individuals who are in, in the community for their voices to be heard or yeah. even be part of that nonprofit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that actually leads into my next question as well. I, I actually work for a nonprofit too. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the industry pretty well now. And I, for those nonprofits, because I have all types of listeners who are listening, people who are interested in like, you know, the nonprofit sector and all those things. Is there any way that you see that, that gap being bridged? Do you think it's, oh, we need to get more faces? Do you think it's like, you need to do more talking and more communicating. Like, where do you see the gap and what do you think is the possible solution for that? I would, I would, do you wanna go? You can go. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't wanna be the one talking with um, I would say I wanna, um, I want first acknowledgement that the issue exists, right? A lot of nonprofit organizations um, don't really look and evaluate hey, like, you know, our whole staff is white, or maybe they have one or two POCs, but 100% of work is for, like, 
different communities, right? That are not showing up in that table. So I would say acknowledgement is like the first step. Um, and then, um, you know, creating actual positions, um, being aware of who you're hiring, because, you know, a lot of times there's that, um, you know, like, oh, hire based on merit. That is true. But like, there's a lot of, you know, black people, a lot of POC people out there with the same qualified, you know, set of skills, set or, of skills or experience. and experiences without. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, these positions are given by, oh, I know this networking, right? Networking, when it comes to um, professional networking, you know, um, from experience from the past, like, it has excluded POCs, right, in those spaces, like, right, you know, going out for, um, what is it, like, five o'clock? Happy right? hour. Happy <laughs> hour, right? Excludes people like me and Zeki who don't drink alcohol, right? So I would say, um, you know, actually hiring people. You don't have to give someone based on their race, but you should be aware of, like, you know, you should be aware of why this person, two people, POCs and non-POC non person, which one do you think will bring more to the, you know, the company and the organization? So there's people out there that qualify that are POC that need to be hired. But I feel like a lot of organizations are kind of being lazy about it and just hiring who they know or, you know, um, and not really putting effort in actually looking for people with those qualified um, skills that are out in outside of their own, um, I guess, professional community. Definitely. I would say, again, it's, again, um, acknowledging what you said about the being able to acknowledge what's happening, right? That whole mm -hmm. lack of, of, of the problem that's, that they're facing or within the organization. Mm -hmm. And then I think another thing would be like that um, form of communication that organizations have within the community, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, your organization is entering that community to be able to provide the resources. But if you're not having um, very inclusive or open spaces for community members to come in and um, somewhat share either their opinion or their um, form, I don't know, mindset or something like that, mm -hmm to acknowledge, hey, this is actually the problem that this community is facing, instead of uh, we have, let's say, just a white organization who they know, somewhat know what kind of lack of yeah. resource that this community is facing without actually having that clear guideline of communication, right? Inviting community members to come into your space mm -hmm. and telling you, hey, you're here with the money, so these are the areas uh, we need help in. So I feel like that clear guideline of communication, that's when you need to acknowledge that there is a problem and hire maybe someone who is from the community, right? A very, uh, a community leader or community advocate, mm -hmm. advocates who could actually like bring these two people together. Yeah, bridge that. Bridging that, yeah, yeah that gap. gap. Yeah. Awesome, thank you so much. And I know that someone's going to be out here using all the tidbits that you all gave. I'm so happy that you could be here with us. If you could just tell us where you're at, Instagram, Facebook, where people can get involved or where they can find you, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so we do have our Instagram as well as Facebook. So Instagram is Sisterhood Boutique or Sisterhood MN. Same is with our uh, Facebook, Sisterhood Boutique. We do have our website as yeah. well, sisterhoodmn.com. 
org. Just search us up. Yeah, you'll um, find us. You'll definitely find <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining Thank us today. Thank you so much. Yes, <laughs> and we will keep in contact. I can't wait for everyone to hear this episode and get involved or at least reach out. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. <laughs>